Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Come on, let's clap our hands if you're in love with God today. If Jesus has changed your life, come on. So grateful to be here. Remain standing for just one moment, uh, if you don't mind. I'm so honored to be here, and I knew this church was going to be amazing because I know your pastors, and I just wasn't sure how amazing it was going to be. I don't think I was prepared, and you need to know this church is not normal. Like, what's going on here is it's not happening all around the world, but it needs to be. And we need more campuses like this all through Florida. But I think, I feel like, I said this first service, I'll say it again. You need to recognize the season that you're in. Because if you don't, you'll, you'll be dressed for the wrong season. I don't want to show up in Florida in, like, my Parker jacket, you know? you got to recognize. So... This season is a season to rebuild and recover. Some of you have had some things illegitimately stolen from you by the, by the enemy. It's time to go get your joy back. Go get your life back, your career back, marriage back. Get, get it back. This is the season for that. It's a season to pray like you've never prayed before. Give like you've never given before. Serve. Get on the, go take the next steps class. Let us help you discover your gifts. Make an eternal difference. Listen, this is that season. And stuff like this doesn't just happen. Like some of y'all just walked into it and you're like, oh, this just happens. No, it's, it's because of great leadership. And um, I wonder, is there anybody that could show your love to your pastors today? Come on, every campus, can you clap your hands? If you appreciate, love your pastors. We've known each other now for a couple years and are getting closer and I, I really... Uh, I'm so fond of them and their family. They're incredible leaders. And there's, there's, there's actually no reason for somebody to be that fit as well. You know, like, come on, bro. It's, the Bible says that bodily exercise profiteth little. So read your word a little bit here. I'm kidding. I feel like y'all both married up is what I feel, you know. But congratulations on your anniversary. Uh, I'm glad you got some rest, but he, I've talked to him all this morning. He is fired up to be back and to lead this church into this next season. So I'm so grateful for them. Listen, we're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to laugh. And I heard this church loves God's word. So we're going to laugh and we're going to learn something new today. And uh, on your way down, why don't you turn and tell somebody next to you, just say this, say this. It's going to be awkward, but just tell them this. I'd be the best looking person in the room if it wasn't for you. (laughs) Grab your seats, grab your seats. This is my tribe. I'll show you my family real quick. This is my family. My wife, uh, Diana, she is a spicy Nicaraguan. My, mi esposa es Nicaragüense. Didn't even know this white boy could speak Spanish. These are my four beautiful baby girls. And um, the one standing next to my wife, she gets married in 11 days. I prayed for boys every time. And my wife was praying behind my back for a girl. If you want your prayer answer, you know who to go to because she has a direct line to God. And uh, anyway, we had four girls. Listen to this. You ready for this? Every campus. We had four girls under the age of two. We got a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and twins were zero. It's because we plan really, really good. <laughs> You've seen a double stroller, right? I, we had a triple stroller and one on a leash. <laughs> 
Don't judge me. I'd have put her on a shot collar if California would have allowed it. You do what you got to do. A lot of girls, a lot of estrogen. Sometimes I just walk in the room and start crying for no reason. Just, what's wrong, daddy? I don't know. Just don't try to fix me right now. <laughs> so we got a male dog. His name's Buddy. I don't even, actually, you know what? If the dog is so small it can fit in a purse, let's be honest, it's a cat. It's not really even a dog at that moment. But that is my family. Love them so much. And uh, I, your, your pastor talked about it. I did write a book called Don't Quit in the Dip. And I'll be signing books in the lobby for those of you uh, that want to get this. And so many people are getting it. And I actually, here's the idea, okay? Here's what it is. God has a plan. He has a version of success, his dream. There's always a dip before you get there. Most people quit there. And so they don't see what God has for them. And successful people are not people who were exempt from a dip. They just didn't stop. So um, I told our publisher, I was like, I don't want to release a book in COVID. They said, Sean. It has to come out now. We're in a worldwide dip. Be honest. Some of y'all feel like you're in a seven-layer dip. (laughs) Just dip after dip after. Oh, dear Lord, when's this stuff? So many people are buying this book for somebody that they know. And I'm like, who's this for? Well, my mom's in a dip. My dad's in a dip. My boss is in a dip. My kid's in a dip. Like, everybody's in a dip. Texas State, really in a dip. You know, so. No, that's wrong. I'm kidding. That was a reference to chewing tobacco. Um. Y'all ready to have some fun? Yeah. All right, go with me in your Bibles to two places. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, <laughs> and Numbers 32. Galatians 6, 9, and Numbers 32. Galatians 6, 9, the people of Galatia received a letter from the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to encourage them, give them some instruction, and he says this. He says, do not become weary. Okay, listen to me. If you're not weary, you can become weary. Yeah. Don't become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest. And could we read these next words out loud every campus together? Come on. If we do not give up. So there is a harvest coming, but there is a critical key component that is relying on you not quitting. Today, I dedicate this message to everybody who feels like God is taking too long. Can you help me communicate the sermon title maybe a little bit more effectively than I can? Turn and tell somebody, every campus, look at somebody and just tell them, don't settle. Yeah, yeah. Look at this person who was your second choice, who you ignored the first time. Now tell them, tell them, don't settle. (laughs) I was on a laser-focused mission one day with my taste buds as my compass. My wife and I have been in a conference all day in L.A., And we were hungry. Now, how many know there's a difference between being hungry and being hungry? Like we were hungry, hungry. And um, I was I was very, very set on a specific culinary experience. And I was not willing to settle for anything less than the perfect will of God. My wife, after an hour of driving, not so much. About an hour of driving through the maze that is Los Angeles, she finally has had it. You know, you probably have been there too. And she's like, enough! You know, she just screams like, whoa, what are you screaming for? She's like, I've had it. Just pick any restaurant. I don't care. And she points to a fast food restaurant to which I gasp. Because I was not trying to get 
fast food at this particular junction in my life. I wanted to find this restaurant somebody recommended where the ribs are falling off of the bone. It's garlic mashed potatoes and a chocolate molten lava cake that when you cut into it, it oozes chocolate with vanilla bean ice cream and fresh strawberries on the side. Glory be to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll. That's what I'm trying to do. And I realized something in that moment that is actually applicable to every area of your life. And that is when you're tired, your judgment's thrown off. You'd agree with this, that an occasional meal at a fast food restaurant is not going to harm you, but a consistent diet of that will put you in the hospital. We have to be very careful, everybody, that we're not making fast food decisions in this season when the delicacies of God's will are right in front of us. So I love your pastors because they're taking you on a journey in this next season of back to the basics. They'll teach a class on Wednesdays and they'll help you. And then our our next steps class here is going to hit. It's all to help you take your next step. But when you're fatigued, when you're frustrated and feeling defeated, you will oftentimes settle for something less than God's best. Mediocrity always seems reasonable when you doubt God's best. Somebody shout more. More. Come on, shout more. More. Pastor Aaron, there's a restaurant I got to take you both to when you come to San Francisco. Oh, it is, by the way, San Francisco is the Bible Belt. And we have (laughs) great restaurants. Why do you laugh so hard? So there's this restaurant called the House of Prime Rib. When you go into this dimly lit restaurant built in 1906, you, I, I love this food so much. I get emotional thinking about it. Like I want to do a testimony video for the restaurant. You know what I'm talking about? And you walk in, they don't serve anything but prime rib. That's the only thing on the menu. You don't get taquitos. There's no pizza. There's no chicken or fish or burgers. It's just prime rib. You walk in, sit down, they bring the bread over to the table, and then they ask you which slice or cut you would like. And the lady says to me, would you like the king's cut? I say, I serve the king. Yes, I would like the king's cut. (laughs) How did you know? And they don't bring the food from the kitchen. They they wheel over this like Airstream looking RV to your table, open it up, and the angels are singing. And this, this slab of prime rib is there, and they cut the slice off in front of you, and it just kind of falls on the plate. I'm telling you, when you have this prime rib, you realize there, God is real. You know, like, that's <laughs> so dumb. Anyway, it's amazing food is what I'm trying to get at. Are y'all with me? Okay, watch this. I finished my plate, like my fourth or fifth time there, finished my prime rib. I am full. I couldn't eat another bite. Then the waiter comes over. He's like, hey, I see you liked your food. Would you like your second slice for free? I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, if you, if you eat the first slice, you get a second slice for free. I said, don't play with my emotions like that. He said, no, this is our policy. Now, how many know I was already full, but I shifted some internal organs just like I was going to make some room. I was so angry, though, at this waiter because I looked at him and I said, How come nobody told me about this the last four times I've been here? And then you know me. I'm like, can I make this retroactive and let's go (laughs) give me four slices in a to-go bag right now? He said no. I was so angry. Guys, look, look. I was so mad. I was so frustrated and let down that there was more available. And I didn't even know it. Some of you are watching at home. Some of you are watching at another campus. And in this room, you have felt like life is empty, like there is no more to what you are experiencing. Let me be the skinny old waiter that comes to the table of your life to let you know God still has more available. 
The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, that's what he came to do. Let me tell you what I came to do. I came to give you life. It's abundant life. It's real life. It's eternal life, and it starts right now. Come on, somebody say more. Today, I want to help you not settle for anything less. And there's a, there's a case study in the Bible in Numbers 32. Numbers 32, here's the background of the setting. God had his people, and they were actually, because of disobedience, in slavery in Egypt. They cry out to God for deliverer. God answers them, sends a God named Moses to help set his people free. If you've seen the Prince of Egypt cartoon, you're basically caught up to speak. <laughs> and so God's plan was to take them out of Egypt, slavery, and into Canaan, the promised land. That's review. His goal was to take them out of Egypt and take them into Canaan, the promised land. One more time, class. He wants to take them out of Egypt and into Canaan, the promised land. Listen, whenever God calls you out of, he also calls you into. Some people are, they will never be fulfilled. You get excited. Woo, I came out of something, but you'll never be satisfied until you actually go into what God has for you. That's why the next steps class here is not something that should just be there if you need it. Like every one of us needs to go through this class because we're going to help you identify your gifts. You can join the church, become a member and begin to serve somewhere. And I'm telling you, this is when you come alive. Church becomes really fun when you stop coming just for you. Is this okay? Like if you come just for you, it'll be amazing for three months. And then you're like, okay, I'm bored. Like, it doesn't matter what church it is, but we want to help you find purpose because you'll never even know what purpose feels like until you're making a difference in somebody else's life. Like, if we're playing poker or cards, let me just show you my hand. My hand, my goal today is to get as many people in the Next Steps class. It happens today, happens the first and third Sunday of every month. Get in there because that's when you are going to come alive. Are y'all with me? I don't want to like hit, send you a hidden message. This is like, this is the next step. They call it next steps for a reason because it's the, you guys are great. Okay, so can you imagine with me back to our text, the people of God in slavery for 400 long years. Can you imagine the emotion of that day when they came out? Can you imagine how amazing that day would have been? They'd have been slapping high five. They'd have been singing songs and cheering. They'd have been making up new TikTok dance videos. Like, hey, mm. <laughs> That's not even a real dance. I made that up. Anyway, you get the point. Like, they would have been so excited. And they were. They come to the edge of the promised land, Canaan, the promised land. Twelve spies go in. Twelve spies come back. And they realize it ain't for sale. God's about to give it to them, but they're going to have to take it. And this is an amazing story of faith because Joshua and Caleb come back and they're like, we we can do this. Let's go right now. God is with us. And the other 10 spies say, oh, we don't think so. Uh, Matter of fact, I don't know what they're feeding those corn-fed Canaanites, but they are massive. And we are grasshoppers in their sight. Okay, watch this. The enemy didn't call them grasshoppers. They called themselves grasshoppers. When you have a wrong view of God, you also have a wrong view of you. These were 10 guys, 10 guys of the 12. They were leaders, and they were saying, there's no way. Okay, out of the 12 spies that went in and came back, you can only name two, Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because nobody builds a monument to critics. These 10 guys had powerful names. I studied their names. One guy's name was Fortunate. It's a great name. 
One guy's name was Judge. One guy's name, get this, his literal name was Attack of the Almighty. You read that and you're like, man, that must have been some labor. <laughs> All right, they had great names, but in, in numbers, they literally come back and they describe the land, okay? They use 120 words to talk about how negative the land is and only 20 words, or 11 words, I'm sorry, to say how great the land is. 120 negative, 11, that's uh, good. Okay, listen, if 90% of your words that are coming out of your mouth are negative, that's doubt, Fear, complaining, unbelief, you'll punk out too. Because what you dwell on is what you dwell in. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Because it's in the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And watch this. They get to a place where they're like, let's just settle. Let's, let's just settle and we won't go in. And, and, and this, is, this is so crazy to me because it's 14 days after the great miraculous deliverance. Like it was a 12 to 14 day journey from Egypt to Canaan, the promised land. 14 days after they saw 10 plagues change Pharaoh's mind, they hit a Red Sea like, oh, this is a bad day. And here are the hoofprints of their past trying to overtake them again. And they pray, God, God opens up the Red Sea. They walk across on dry land and see the first aquarium in history. Okay, they saw that in the flesh. Two weeks later, they're like, I don't even know if God's with us. Isn't it crazy how quickly we are intimidated into quitting and settling for something less than God's best? Like, like doubt began to spread all through the church. Why? Because these 10 leaders. Why, why did doubt spread? Because as leaders, you can't lead people beyond where you are spiritually. So these 10 guys start infiltrating and affecting and infecting everybody around, and they throw in the towel. These were not just people who went to the church. These are leaders quitting. These are leaders bailing on the mission, leaders bailing on the call. And we read that, and I started thinking, huh, sounds familiar. Because over the last year, every church I've talked to in America has had leaders bail on the vision, bail on the church, bail on what they have said. We are giving our lives to build. Leaders who have said, man, this church saved our marriage. I would be lost and dead without this church. Jesus did a work here. I'm ride or die. And then you turn around like, where'd they go? Small group leaders bailing. And I'm sure the devil was in hell this last year. Like, I didn't know it was going to be this easy to pick apart the world watch. If I'd have known it'd be this easy, I would have done this a long time ago. If all it was going to take is a crazy election, racial tension, COVID, gosh, these were leaders bailing. And I started thinking, huh, 12 months. That's all it took? You're, you're telling me that's all it took was 12 months for people to bail on what they were so passionate about building. And they're okay with settling now. It's quiet because we all know the temptation to settle. Here's something else. That, that these, these guys did not believe God was bigger than the problem in front of them. It's a sad day when you don't believe God is bigger than the problem in front of you. In the book, I talk about that our lives are affected and directed by the way we think. And the way we think determines the way we live. Would you all agree with that? Say yes. 
Here's something else that's crazy. Ten guys spread negativity to a million and a half people. How, how in the world did ten guys spread negativity to a million and a half people? Watch this. With no Instagram. Wow. With no Netflix special. With, with no email blast. How did they do it? I'll tell you how. Because negativity is more contagious than COVID. You walk around, some people just got it, huh? It's like they spread it everywhere. Like a ha, 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 negative. Ha, 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 negative. Oh, I need a mask for my soul. I can't hang around you. Gosh. I need. Like crazy, it's, it's crazy. It's always easier in our minds to quit or to settle in the dip when you doubt that God has something more for you. And here was their, here was their great plan. You ready for this? Their great plan was, hey, got an idea. Gather around, huddle up, everybody, huddle up. Our idea, okay, we're going to kill Joshua and Caleb, the faith guys, and uh, we're going to elect a new leader and go back to Egypt. Hands in. One, two, three, Egypt on three. One, two, three, Egypt. What? They wanted to go back to normal, even though normal was toxic. And we're looking at it on this side of the text like, wait, this is on the table right now. You want to go back to slavery. You would rather go back to brick making where they treated us like dogs. That's on the table right now. Like sometimes we're not thinking straight when we're in a time of settling. And let me just remind somebody at every campus and in this room, don't romanticize your past either. Because the devil would love to remind you of a couple laughs you had in your past, but he won't remind you of the endless tears of desperation. You cried at the edge of your bed, gripping your steering wheel in traffic, saying, God, if you're real, show me a sign. And he did. He came through. He gave you a new heart, new life, fresh grace, mercy, church family. And now you want to go back? To what? There's nothing back there for you. I'm just trying to unpack the idea and and the process of why we settle. Because these guys, literally, God told them, fine, because of your murmuring, your doubt, your unbelief, and your refusal to follow me, you can now have a 40-year dip, and their corpses would litter the wilderness for the next 40 years until God arose a new generation that would believe him. Come on, let's tell God, don't pass me by. I want to be a part of this next move of God. I don't want to. Listen, many people don't understand. With God, there's a dip. With us and our way, there's a dip. But with God, you can actually get out of the dip. And many of us know what it feels like to be in a dry place spiritually. That's why this church is so important. That's why groups are so important. Like we gather in big gatherings and then a small group. You're like, what's a small group? It's a group that's small. (laughs) Not, not much to, but that's where you build relationships. You get people going the same way as you. You pray for them. They pray for you. You're encouraging, like, take these steps. Take the one-year challenge. Come to this church for a year. Apply the principles they give you. Take the next steps. Get in a group. I guarantee you your life will be better because God's word just works. Okay, fast forward the tape in our text. Numbers 32 is now the second time that they are on the precipice of the promised land. They were kids the last time they were here. They've heard stories about this. And they are now on the east side of the Jordan River. All they have to do is cross over the Jordan and enter Cain in the promised land, and God's about to give it to them. Okay? Here's our text. Numbers 32. We have the tribe of Reuben and Gad. Everybody say Gad. Say, oh, my Gad. (laughs) They had very large herds. Say large herds. And they saw that the lands of Jazir, not Jazir, but Jazir and Gilead. Say Gilead. 
they were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eleazar, the priests and leaders of the community, and said, The land the Lord subdued before the people of Israel are suitable for livestock. And guess what? Your servants have livestock. If we found favor in your eyes, they said, Let this land, Gilead, be given to us as our possession, our inheritance. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Okay, Moses loses it here in the text. He's like, oh, heck no. This is exactly what your parents did, and it cost us 40 years of a dip in the wilderness. We ain't doing that again. To which they respond in verse 19, we will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan. Watch this, watch this. Because our inheritance has come to us on the east side of the Jordan. Okay, let's ask ourselves some questions. How often do we try to convince God where our inheritance ought to be instead of where he told us it will be? Let's do a little quiz, everybody. Every campus, talk back to me. Um, where did God tell them to go? Say, Cain in the promised land. Cain in the promised land. Where did God say the promise is located? Cain. The tribe of Gad says, oh, we see that. We know that. We understand that. But if it's all the same to you, we're going to go ahead and stay over here on the east side of the Jordan River. Instead of following God fully, instead of obeying God completely. Yeah. We're going to stay over here on the east side in a little city called Gilead, and, and, and we're just going to be okay here. Okay, here's what's scary about God. Sometimes he will give you the answer to your prayer even though it's not his preferred plan. Wow. In this next verse, verse 40. They say, we will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan because our inheritance has come to us on the east side of the Jordan. Verse 40 says, so Moses gave it to them. Could you read these next four words out loud, every campus together? And they settled there. Those four words haunt me to my core. But we have to ask ourselves some other questions about our text. Why did they settle? I imagine that they settled for some of the same reasons you and I settled today. Number one, if you're a note taker, write this down. If you're not a note taker, write this down. They were tired. They're just, they're just tired. Now, in their defense, again, they have been traveling for a long time in the wilderness with their Old Testament crocs and no axe body spray. They are funky. And it's, they have animals galore. They got kids. Come on, how many know it's hard to travel with some kids? Here's how we left the house. Here's how I left the house before kids. I'm going to leave the house now. That's how I left. Okay, here's, we had kids. This is then how we left the house. Come on, come on, come on. Come downstairs, come downstairs. Did you, you didn't brush your hair. You didn't brush your teeth. Your buttons on your, your jacket, it's, all, it's not even matching. Your shoes are on the wrong feet. Come on. And now it's just my wife. <laughs> they had kids. You know, kids in the Old Testament, they're, on the, they're in the desert. They're like, Dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. The dad's like, you should have gone to the last cactus. I'm not stopping again. That's <laughs> a horse. I don't know. Maybe it's a camel. I don't know. I don't know how they traveled, but. Okay, listen. To be honest, in their minds, they knew. They knew that to continue on meant that they had to give and expend more time, more energy, more resource. They couldn't just sit on the sideline. They just couldn't sit at home and watch church online forever. They had to get involved. 
Somebody's like, I'm changing the channel. No, listen, if you're at home and you're watching and you're staying at home because of health reasons, God bless you. We, this is why your pastors do it. But if you're staying at home because of habit, why do you come to church? I come for worship. No, you don't. You can worship alone. I come for preaching. No, you don't. You can listen to preaching all day on your own. The only thing you can't do alone is love and serve people. Come on. And Jesus is doing that through his church primarily. Yes. And then yes. from there we go out. Yes. It's time to re-enlist in the army, everybody. Come on. Get in the next steps. Let's go. Let's go. Let's rebuild. Now, my wife in the opening story, that was my example to let you know that oftentimes our judgment's thrown off when we're tired. Let me say it this way, okay? You ready for this? Ready for this? That fatigue leads to frustration, and frustration leads you to settling for something inferior. Wow. Say it again. That fatigue leads to frustration. Frustration then leads you to settling for something inferior. You know the number one answer to the question, hey, how you doing? I'm tired. We're all tired, guys. We're all tired. I'm so tired of COVID. I'm tired of the racial tension. I'm tired of 2020 and the effect. I'm so tired. And if you're there, you're in a good spot because God wants to help and so do we as a church. Isaiah chapter 40 says it this way. Do you not know? And he says it because oftentimes we don't know. He says, if you've not heard, and oftentimes we haven't heard. So let me tell you again, everybody. The good news is that the Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding, nobody can even fathom. He gives strength to everybody who's tired. Yes. Some of you are like, that's so me right now. Good. You're in a good spot. Because the Lord wants to help, and he says he gives power to the weak. Even young people, man, they get tired. They get weary. Young men will stumble and fall, but those who put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk, and they will not faint. Come on, clap your hands and thank God today. This is not the time, by the way, to be on the fringe of church. Like, Like you watch Animal Planet and The Predator. He never attacks the herd. That's right. Why? Because there's strength in the herd. But that one little gazelle just. <laughs> decided to go on his own. I'm going to do my own thing. This grass is green over here. He's lunch. Come on. Don't be on the fringe of church. Be smack dab in the middle yes. of what God's doing. Yes. Get in a group like today. Go through next steps like today. Decide, for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord at Radiant Church. We're going to make a difference. Like, don't be on the fringe, everybody. Number one, they got tired. Number two, write this down. They were distracted. They got distracted. Oh, we all struggle with that. Proverbs 29 says, without vision, people perish. You got to keep vision in front of you. Because we all know, listen, come on, let's be real. Can we just talk real for a second? We all know what it's like to be super motivated about something and then lose motivation. Like how many of you have ever been like, you know what? I'm working out on Monday. I'm working out on Monday. Monday comes, you're like, I meant next Monday. (laughs) You start telling people, I'm straight eating good, man. I'm eating healthy. I'm eating clean. I'm eating clean. From from now on, nothing but clean. And then they bring donuts into your work. You're like, okay, I'll have nine of them. (laughs) What? What happened? Just lost all motivation. They were distracted, all right? What were they distracted by? You ready for this? Verse 1 tells us. The answer's in our text. They had very large herds. 
Y'all missed it. Let me try this side. They had very large herds. Some of y'all thinking, it doesn't help, Sean, just because you say it slower. Like, <laughs> let, let me unpack. Verse 1 tells us they had very large herds. They looked around and said, this land is suitable for herds. And because of that reason, let's just stay here. Instead of going into Canaan and the promised land, let's stay here. And they got distracted. Okay, I did a little study. Where did they acquire these herds? These herds, all the livestock, were actually given to them from previous battles that God gave them victory over. So you're telling me that, that these herds are a blessing from God, but now that blessing is keeping you from... F- you getting it? Like the question is not, does God want to bless you? The question is, can you handle the blessing when it comes? Or will it become a stumbling block that will prohibit you from following him later? Like they literally looked around and said, this land is suitable. Translation, it'll do. They said, this land looks good. It might look good, but it ain't God. Many times we settle for good, but not God. Some of y'all are dating somebody right now. You know you shouldn't be dating him. Yeah, but he looked good. He ain't God. <laughs> Some of you going to break up with their boyfriend today on a text. Pastor said you ain't God. Bye. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't just do that. Get some counsel and prayer. And I'm just saying that to be funny. But you get the idea that many times we settle for less. And here's what the devil did in Numbers 14. Numbers 14, he tried to get them to go back to Egypt. Remember that? Go back. Go, just go back to Egypt. Well, when he realized that didn't work, the devil's new plan was mm, just stay put then. Like either go back to your past or stay put. Anything but progress. Anything but growth. Anything but obeying the Lord fully. And this is where people begin to feel stuck in the dip and begin to shake their fist at God. And God's like, I haven't moved. You move. And they start feeling like this is too much. God is distant. I don't know if he's existed. I don't know if I like, I just, it's taking too long. And this is where people begin to throw in the towel and settle for something way less than what God has previously ordained for your life. Listen to me, everybody. I know it's a crazy season. I know this is nothing that any of us has planned, but this is not the time to make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. Let me explain to you. This too shall like it's not the time to settle for Gilead when God has a Canaan for you don't try to settle in Gilead and decorate it like Canaan stay focused on what God has for you be a part of what God is doing right here in the church because this is not the time to get spiritual ADD stay focused we get so easily distracted and I say that because I'm a little ADD I would have counted all the lights already one, two, three. Okay, this is good. There's good news. If you're ADD, God can use folks like us. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there's a problem. A distracted leader is just as bad as a quitting leader because both stop building. Listen to me, everybody. God has a purpose. He has a plan. And there's a guy named Nehemiah in the Bible. Nehemiah heard his city was in ruins, and he turned around, and he didn't just talk about it on Facebook. He did something about it. Yeah. So watch good. this. Watch this. Just because your life is in ruins doesn't mean it's ruined. That is so good. He went back and began to rebuild. And as he's rebuilding, five things. You won't be able to remember these, but I'll tell them to you. He saw a need. He got a burden. He built a team. He worked tirelessly, and he finished strong. Say it again. He saw a need, got a burden, built a team, worked tirelessly, and finished strong. Just because you see a need doesn't mean you catch a burden. 
When's the last time you drove through Tampa and just wept and prayed and prayer walked your neighborhood like, God, give me a burden, supernatural burden for people who are lost and don't know you and who are hurting? There's a guy named Nehemiah and a guy named Jonah in the Bible. Both saw a need. One got a burden. But he didn't just get a burden. He did something about it. He, he had a next steps program for all of his people. And he got them all. A t- he built a team, which every church starts off as an emergency room. Like ER, stop the hemorrhaging. We love that about this church. And then the next step is you become a family. And a lot of people are like, man, I just love our, what do you love about your, it's family. It's just family. <laughs> you can't stop there. Look, 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 look. You got to become the third step, which is you have to become an army. The vision God's given your pastors to take over this state. This is an army. And what I love about the military, God bless all of you who served there, is that after your four years, you have a chance to re-enlist. You don't even know where you're going to be stationed. It doesn't matter. All you do is give them your yes. Some of you need to re-enlist on the dream team. Re-enlist in serving here at the church. Where am I going to be staying? It doesn't matter. The question is, does God have your yes? yes? Get in the Next Steps program. We're going to help you find and figure all that stuff out. But we've got to understand, Nehemiah, he turns around and he, he gets a group of guys and he gives them all two things. You ready for this? Oh, I love it. He gave everybody a sword and a hammer. He gave everybody a sword and a hammer. Say it with me at every campus. He gave everybody a sword and a hammer. He gave everybody a sword and a hammer. Now, in the New Testament, we realize a sword represents the word of God and the hammer represents what we're building for God. And in this season, there have been a lot of people who pride themselves on being so spiritual because they're in the Bible, they're in the Bible, they're in the Bible, but they ain't building squat. Come on. And then there's other people over here trying to willy-nilly build stuff, but they don't have the architectural drawings. And so what they're building is not up to code. And I'm believing right now that in Jesus' name, God is raising up some Nehemiahs for this generation to help rebuild and recover everything the enemy's tried to steal. Come on, everybody. Clap your hands and say a good amen. Just like preaching with a sword. And then he had two guys named Sam Ballot and Tobiah that hated him and tried to talk about what he was building. They came to him and said, what your building's not going to last, it's not going to work. And they're getting in his ear, tried to distract him. But he said, the Bible says, in the valley of O-N-O, In the valley of, oh no, Nehemiah said, oh no. (laughs) I got these earplugs in the back because your church is so amazing. Your music's too loud. They give you these. And by the way, these are one-time usages, not like your mask. Um, So (laughs) my mom, when I worked at a place, a chainsaw, I mean, I I worked for a tree service and they had chainsaw. She's like, Sean, put these in your ears. If you don't, damage will occur. Some of y'all need some spiritual earplugs. Nehemiah said, why would I come down to be distracted from building what I'm building when, when, when I'm building something great to just come talk to you who are complaining about what I'm building? Some of y'all shouldn't be entertaining the voices you're listening to, talking about this church and the leaders. Why would you entertain that when you're giving your life? They're dogging out what you're building. You just need to tell them no. One guy told me, he's like, I just listen to everybody you know, who, who talks about the church, and then I make up my own my own decision. I was like, you wouldn't do that for your wife? Right. Hey, got 30 people one. hey, babe, they're going to take me out to coffee and just complain about you. I'll be right back. Uh, and I'm going to make my own decision. That's your bride. This is the bride of Christ. Come on. Some of you think, that's oh, not really bothering me. Yeah, it's bothering you more than you think it is. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like the song on the radio, change the channel. Amen. It's not bothering me. Yeah, you don't think so, but that song is killing you softly. Come on. Killing your passion to serve and your passion to give. 
becoming cynical about the church. No. Be careful. Little ears, what you hear. Amen, everybody. Be careful. All right, listen. Nehemiah built that city back up, and you can build this one. All of our cities are in ruins. It's going to take a dream team. They were distracted. Number three, they lost hope. They got to the place where they literally gave up. And they said, this is our inheritance. All right, look, look. Gad's inheritance was not God's inheritance. That's right. To have come so far and then just settle? That's right. You as a church have come so far. You yeah. can't stop now. Yeah, yeah. You heard a 2020 vision? Let me end with this. How many heard a 2020 vision? Every pastor in 2020, they loved 2020 in January. Because every pastor's like, oh, this is perfect. I'm going to do a sermon series called 2020 Vision. 2020 Vision. Woo, 2020 Vision. Yeah. And then 2020 slapped us in the face. We were like, what? every pastor's like, what year is it? <laughs> Who's the president? Where are we? What do we do? I'm a TV evangelist all of a sudden. <laughs> Listen. When I was 21 years old, I had fake glasses. I got them because I just liked the way they make me look a little older. And, and plus, when I was preaching at 21, I liked the idea to, to make a point with them because you, you, you get real emotional, and then you're like, hey, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Jesus loves you. <laughs> loves you and you. You turn 40, and these are real, baby. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but I went to my eye doctor, and the eye doctor said, Sean, you got to be careful because every couple years, your prescription changes. I believe God is changing our prescription. Yeah, yeah. We're not leading the way we led in 2019. That's right. Your pastors are fired up to lead you for this next season. Right. Let's follow closely. And then you have this eye chart. How many have ever tried to memorize the eye chart <laughs> before you get there? I love you guys so much. You get up there, they're like, read the chart. And you're like, okay, um, S, D. Is that a W? <laughs> I feel like God's saying that to his church. Can you read what's in front of you? And this church is getting it now. Do not grow weary <laughs> in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. God, I'm sorry to see it now. I can't give up. And lastly, there's a guy named Joseph in the Bible. If anybody had a dip, it was him. If anybody could have settled, it was him. This guy, Joseph, was sold by his brothers into slavery. The worst thing my brother ever did to me was put his knees on my elbows and put a loogie like slurping it back and forth over my face. They sold his behind into slavery, human traffic, thrown in prison, false accused, and forgotten for 13 long years. And every once in a while, there's this phrase tucked into the pages of our Old Testament that says, and the Lord was with Joseph. Come on. He's with you. Come on. And God would elevate him to become second in command of the most powerful nation of the world and give him a fresh strategy. I'm praying for fresh strategies for you businessmen and businesswomen yes. and church leaders yes. because God helped him save all these people's lives. His brothers show up one day begging for food and they don't recognize him because he's got like this Egyptian garb on. He's got like Mac Island or makeup. He's Egyptian. <laughs> and when he could have taken revenge, he doesn't. You've heard of 2020 vision? Let me give you 5020 vision. Genesis 5020. He says to his brother, you intended to harm me. Somebody shout, but God. You, you tried to kill me, but God. 
He actually intended it for good to accomplish what's now being done, the saving of thousands of thousands and thousands of people's lives. I'm here to tell you, I don't know who this is for, but you're going to wake up today and recognize your destiny, like Joseph, is on the other side of your dip. There are people waiting for you to come out of your dip to help them get out of theirs. This is not the time to dial it back. It's full pedal to the metal. Get in the next steps. Let's change the world. Let's not watch other people walk into their destiny. Let's all go into the promised land because we're not going to settle for one more day for anything less than God's best. Come on, if you believe it, every campus, clap your hands and say a good amen. Don't settle. Heads bowed, eyes closed at every campus. I don't know what God's speaking to you personally. But I believe with all my heart, God's going to help you. This church is here to help you. But I would be remiss if I didn't make this opportunity for you to make your life right with God, make peace with God. I'm not talking about religion or religiosity or just being a part of a church. I'm talking, do you have a life-giving, active, trust relationship with Jesus? For some of you, you've never prayed a prayer of commitment. You've never given the controls of your life to Jesus. Others of you, you were once close, but you've drifted straight. You're not where you once were. It's okay because today is the perfect day to come back. And don't try to fix yourself before you come to God, all right? We come to God. He does the fixing. But if this is you on the count of three, every campus, could you just lift up your hand? Come on, be bold. Lift it up and leave it up. Say, Sean, count me in that prayer when you pray it. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. One, Two, come on, be bold. Three, lift it up and just leave it up. Leave it up. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, every yes is a hand. Yes, 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 yes. There's so many hands, I can't count them all. I know there's at your campus as well. All right, it would be my honor to lead you in this prayer. Let's pray this together and mean it right to the heart of God. Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me first. Today I give you my life. Forgive me from my sin. Wash me clean. Be my Lord and Savior. Now say this part. Take all my gifts. Use them to reach others with your love. Help me never to settle. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Radiant Church. May the peace of God go with you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.